1: Put the eye black on. I got to get myself in a right mind right now. It's game day, baby. Game day. You ready? Nothing else matters. This is the day you go out and you get a chance to play against the champs. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you get to fight Muhammad Ali tonight. You get to play around the golf against Tiger. You get to play one on one with Michael Jordan. This will be your last chance to face the GOAT. Man, I would just die to be on that field at Lincoln Financial Field tonight. The world is watching you. Tom Brady's on the field. If I'm Jalen Hurts, man, I probably couldn't sleep last night. If I was Hardgrave or if I was Fletcher Cox, I couldn't sleep last night because i get a shot at the GOAT. This is not just a game. Brady's legacy, every time he steps on an NFL football field, is always there for others to try to put a notch in their belt. How would you like to be the Eagles tonight and hold them to 17 points, three turnovers of Tom Brady? And walk out of that stadium with a victory. How you doing? How would you like to do that tonight? Fans are going to be crazy. Great tailgating tonight. One of the greatest sports cities on the planet, Philadelphia. Jesus criminy. Sign me up for this. By the way, we're packed. Okay? Got a bunch of things going on here today. There's NFL news, obviously. I'm pretty much sick and tired of the John Gruden story, but there's some more stuff trickling out. So we'll broach that stupid ass story. Can't wait for that thing to stop, as I can't wait for talking about mandates to stop. Okay. Josh Talentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer will be in hour number two, live from Lincoln Financial. He'll give us an update on what's going on there live at the link as we get ready for Buccaneers and Eagles tonight. Now, I tell you this, guys, all the time, and I appreciate every single person that comes aboard this program Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 Eastern time, and contributes to the show because you guys do. Riga Rants is already here. Dan's Dementors, love it, man. Paul, what's up, Big Seals? Your coverage last few days of Gruden's story has been top-notch. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Chalk it up to Philly Sports. silly what's up, big dog? You and tonight's big game. I, I, I can't wait, man. I can't, th- This is the kind of game, like I said, now you have a litmus test. Now you have a barometer. Let's find out who the Eagles are, man. You are, you are not going to have another game this year. On your schedule, if you're Howie Roseman, If you're Nick Sirianni, where you're going to be able to match your dudes versus their dudes. Let's go play 60. That's what it's all about, man. God, I live for games like this. I do, man. I'm the underdog? Great. Let's go play 60. I used to tell people that. Oh, you think you're better than me? Okay. Well, let's go find out. Okay, let's go find out, man. If you're the better man... We'll see. I ain't shaking your hand after the game. I'm not a very good sportsman. I'm not I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. You beat me in the game, I'll call you later. I'm the, I'll see you after, man. But I'm not going to go cry. Hey, thanks a lot. You know, you know those snowflakes that do that? Hey, great game. Thank you. I'm, I'm a poor loser. I'm an absolute po- poor loser. Tone, I love it, man. Change the name, man. Chalk it up to Philly Sports. How you doing? Yeah, I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible loser, man. Hey, congratulations, man. Way to have a great victory. Yeah, okay. I, I, I love the people that say, say that stuff. And by the way, hey, if you're good with that, you know, you, you're like this. Hey, man, just give it the old college try. Yeah, okay? If you're okay with losing, I'll show you a waiter. <laughs> All right? I'll show you a waiter. Come on, man. This is about lining up and playing some football tonight. So I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to Jalen versus Brady. I'm looking forward to Nick Sirianni versus uh, Todd Bowles. I'm looking at Jonathan Gannon versus Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians tonight. I'm looking at the Eagles offense versus that Bucks defense. So, it's going to be a night of figuring things out. And by the way, this will go in. This game kind of is like a game and a half because I'll tell you what, in the evaluation of Jalen Hurts on figuring out whether or not he's the guy, this is going to, this is going to go a long way. You beat Brady if you're Jalen. Tell me that doesn't change the dynamic and how you perceive Jalen Hurts if he wins a game like this tonight. And if they get trashed, it could go the other way. Everything, see, these are the kind of games where you can't sugarcoat it. Well, you know what happens if, you know, they play kind of hard. You know, you get the old merit badge. Nice, nice day for trying. There should have been a T-shirt made by Nick Sirianni today. You know Nick Sirianni is a real big T-shirt guy, right? You know what the T-shirt should have said today? Make it a fourth quarter game. Eagles make it a fourth quarter game. Put the four fingers up like you're in college, do some of that geeky shit that he does all the time. You should have made a t-shirt. Make it a fourth quarter game. Okay? That's what they have to do tonight. Get into the fourth quarter, be within 3 or 7, and you're in the ball game. Okay? 15 minutes to figure it out. Hey, I'll I'll take them and I'll take those odds any day. Birdman says, Seals, if Jalen beats Brady, he gets the job in the NFL for a while. If not, somewhere else. Okay? Man, I love that. All or nothing. All or nothing. It's the way it should be. Charles, what's up, brother? James, I just read Dan's bile. I will listen every day from now on. I love your controversy. Hey, James, you know what controversy means sometimes to people? Telling the truth. Hey, And by the way, you know what? Hey, James, I'm glad you like it because every time my daughter comes home and she has her friends over, she goes, hey, you want to get a laugh? Read my dad's bio. (laughs) Hey, Nunez said something. Can we win, Dan? I'm going to get into that here. I am. Their corners are injured. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to get into how you can beat this team. What do you think, we just sit around here talking trash all day? I'd like to do that, but we kind of give you a blueprint of what has to happen tonight for the Eagles to win and maybe how the Bucks win the game. And that's maybe something to keep an eye on so that when you're watching the game, if the Bucs are executing that, that's when you know that Philly has no shot. Ralph, appreciate it, man. Let's get it. Absolutely, Draydog, Eagles got no pressure. They're supposed to get whooped. That's right, man. Could be a very competitive night. Oh, man, hey, don't think that you don't think people are going to show up tonight. This is a fist fight. What happens in fist fights? Somebody can throw a haymaker, and guess what? You're knocked the F out. Smile says Eagles need turnovers, and returns make it competitive. Let's get into it then, okay? Enough with the Rockney speeches. You know, you don't really need a Rockney speech for tonight, do you? Tom Brady's on the other side. Give me a piece of that guy. Listen, when I played against Joe Montana, I got a picture that I post sometimes of me sacking Montana. It's probably the highlight of my brief professional career. Again, I tell you, I played seven professional years, very limited in the NFL, but I was a high draft choice. I was a 56-player taken, so I was a second-round draft choice, third back in the day and I'm, I'm hey i sack brady i mean it's what i call him today brady montana same guy and when you get a chance to hit one of those goats like that dude man you jump up you're like damn i got to the guy montana tapped me on the hat i looked over at him i said hey joe the only reason i don't punch you in the chin is because you're a paisan <laughs> and he's like this he's like get out of here man i go that's all right you went to notre dame i still hate you yeah, <laughs> we've become friends since, but anytime you get a chance to play against a GOAT, it's what it's about, man. Like I said, enough with the Rockney speeches. Dog, only shot we got is Cox and Hardgrave. Get mad pressure. Completely. You don't have to worry about Brady breaking contain, right? Because Brady doesn't really run. He runs when the pocket breaks down, or he he runs when his looks or his targets break down, right? So let's take a look at what would be the number one priority tonight for the Eagles to win this football game? Let's see if you guys have some ideas on how you think the, the Nick Sirianni game plan should be approached tonight. What would be the number one thing that you have an objective? Let's think of this for a second. What's the objective tonight? Hey, and what I'm gonna do to you guys, I'm gonna put you guys into an offensive defensive meeting and a staff meeting. Okay? And the first thing we start doing is we're gonna start thinking because you want to think situational. Chalk it up, says force turnovers, operate on a short field. Excellent. Ralph says, make the bucks one dimensional. Excellent. Smile. Their corners are injured. Air it out. Romy, Romy, let's go Eagles. Absolutely. Ralph, defense, nothing cheap, nothing deep. Okay. Limit the touches and possessions of the Bucks. Flat out. you got to limit them, and you've got to make them go three and out. So you've got to make the Bucks in some way one-dimensional. You've got to stop the run. That has got to be a priority for the Eagle front four and for the really, for that matter, the front seven. You can't give Brady 70 plays or 65 plays. You can't be in that conversation. There's got to be three and outs. What would be a great start for the Eagles is if the Buccaneers get the ball and there's a three and out, and you got to work off a short field, like some of you have said. So let's limit Tom Brady and do everything in our power to make him one-dimensional because their weapons, I Grant being out helps. Okay? At Ewing, perfect. Right there. See Ewing? Krause, highlight it right there. Highlight Ewing 609. That right there is the game plan. That's exactly where I was going, Ewing, and that's exactly what Jonathan Gannon is going to do tonight. You're going to take a lot of of what they did in that game at Gillette. And what they're going to do is they're going to try to disguise as many coverages and moving guys around as they possibly can. DT stunts in the middle, bringing guys off the edge. They've got to do this tonight and move Brady around. That right there, in a nutshell, is the blueprint. Now what you have to do is you've got to figure out if you have the personnel to slide into that blueprint, that Bill Belichick constructed the other week versus the Buccaneers. No question, right there. Pre-snap movement, absolutely. Ewing, spectacular. That's right, you can't have what Ralph says right there. You can't have 10-play drives, 17-play drives, and you can't have a football field where you're driving the ball 90 yards. You can't have that, man. Because you'll be run off the field at Lincoln Financial. That thing will be 35 to nothing at the half. You've got to limit him as much as you possibly can to any kind of possessions. Can't get in a track meet back and forth. Also, you've got to look at this. This is fundamentals now. And I'm going to show you what the Eagles have to do against the Buccaneers here now. But you have to understand, fundamentally, that's what you're trying to do. Limit possessions. Take a lot of what Belichick did in that defensive game plan that they did up at Gillette a couple nights ago and work those angles and work those coverages in disguises. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rieger says, okay, team, we have to start fast, finish strong. Let's go rip some heads off. (laughs) All right, I'm in. Eagles win if they do this. Some of the stuff that I just get through saying, dude, third and short, please, God, tonight, okay? Listen, run the ball at least this. Give me 25 carries tonight. Just give me 25 carries. I don't care if it works. Just give me 25 carries, 25 rushing attempts. Just give those to me. I don't care if the quarterback has to do RPOs off him. Give me I, – I, I, you've got to run the ball 25 times tonight. Some of you are going to go like this, Dan, Bucks are great against the run. They are. Not as good as they were a year ago, but they are. But you've got to be able to create play action late in the ball game when you need it. And when you run the ball, your chances of being more in third and short, got to get positive yards on first and second down too. Got to get that, man. Run to the outside. Okay. Stress the Rens. Anything that you've got to find the weakest link on your defensive front seven of the Bucs tonight. Okay. And run the ball right at his ass. Got to keep it in third and short. Jalen can't turn the ball over one time tonight. Can't turn it over. And he can't turn it over on his side of the field. Can't turn it over on the Eagle side of the 50, okay? If you're throwing deep down the field, plus 25-yard passes, it acts like a punt. I never get stressed. You know how sometimes you see a guy throw a bomb down the field and basically, you know, it it gets intercepted. The other team gets it on the 20. You lose a down for sure. But what you've gained is field position in that turnover. I could be okay with that. What you don't want is you turn the ball over on your 45-yard line, and Brady has 45 yards, and he's already almost in field goal position to get points. You can't give Brady opportunities to getting points, especially field goals. He's a master at that. So Jalen can't turn the ball over. Got to hit your tight ends tonight. And if you hit your tight ends, that's going to create space, I believe, for Devontae. And by the way, that kid Watson – Get him some more touches and targets. The kid Rieger, get him the fuck out of my huddle, man. I don't want that kid in my fucking huddle one time. I'm sick of seeing him. Runs hard sometimes, doesn't run hard the other time. Get his ass out of there. That guy's a special teams guy, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Nick may not have that autonomy not to do that because that's one of Howie's boys. Ernest says, Jet sweeps. Hey, if it's a run-and-play, okay. Jet sweeps, let's run it, man. Jalen's not the greatest runner of the football. He's not like Lamar, but he's a little better probably than Russell. Ewing's right, man. Rieger's heartless, man. A game like this tonight, get this. This is a game that dude Rieger tonight, he looks for a place on the sidelines so he could sit down and hide. I don't want that guy doing that. That guy's ass out of there. Joey B, I don't, brother. Running back Miles better not be running out of bounds unless it's 2 minutes. Dude, you got to play with some You got to play with some onions tonight. You got to play with some onions. You know what I'm saying? Just saying, man. Hey, and, and, and you know what? I don't mean to be that mean to this guy, Rigger, but get his ass the fuck out of there. I'm sick of that shit. I watch this guy float up the sidelines, and I'll tell you what, man. I see that guy floating up the sidelines. I'm like this. That guy could, ne- he could never get targets from Tom Brady. Brady would run that guy off the field, man. You ain't playing in this huddle. You're a first-rounder, and you act like you're a free agent. Shit, free agents act tougher than that. You ever wonder why guys like Amendola and Edelman and all those other stiffs that the Patriots got and put in the huddle there? You know why? Because those guys knew that they had no out. They were undrafted free agents, late-round draft choice guys. Wes Welker was what? He was a charger, then traded to the Dolphins, and then he was a special teams guy. Brady... And Belichick turned him into one of the best slot receivers in NFL history. Oh, man. This guy Rieger. You know what he did? Yeah, you know what he is? This guy right here robs the bank. When he goes in and gets his check from Howie every Tuesday, he puts his freaking head down. Sick of that guy. I don't want to see that. Don't throw the ball to him. You know what you'll get? A deflection, INT, pick six. Devontae is the guy that wants to play. He... He's looking at wanting to be great. He wants to be one of the best wideouts in the NFL. You can see that just with the way he carries himself. Rieger's a guy that counts the dollars in his pocket. Yeah, you know, should I play today? Dude, he's an extension of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffries. I thought they would have been tired of that shit. Okay? Honestly. Right? The guy Rieger does rob a bank every week. So, here, keep them at short distance. And I'm talking third and short. It's an imperative you run the ball in some way. Okay? Ernest, both those guys. Dude, man, really? Rieger and Aguilar are, are my wideouts. <laughs> well, how, how about this? They, see those two guys? That Ernest is saying, Rieger and Algar, you you, you see those two dudes? They belong at a Charmin toilet paper convention. They're soft as tissue paper. Honestly, Charmin is tougher than those two guys. Yes, I am. Rieger's now the uh, spokesperson for Charmin toilet paper. You know... (laughs) it's soft to the touch <laughs> right it's soft to the touch hey hey don't hit him in open space you break guy you're soft not having a soft guy in my huddle you know where soft guys play with the rams those dudes you don't you don't you don't play like that in pittsburgh and boston and philly and Places that people expect you to go out there and be a, you know, be a lunch pail guy. This guy, hey, I love lunch pail dudes. Put the miners' hat on, let's go to work. Brady's a lunch pail guy. Okay? He's a lunch pail dude. That's why everyone likes the guy, he loves playing for the guy. This guy puts his hard hat on, goes out there and plays. Guy like Rieger puts his um puts his bonnet on. <laughs> Or his floral arrangement. And he goes around going, am I getting targets today? Jesus Christ. Give me a break, guy. Here's how the Bucks win tonight. Okay? If the Bucks are able to establish the running attack against... <laughs> Not the bonnet. Yeah, he's... Hey, I'm shocked that dude doesn't have a man bun. Honestly... I'm shocked he doesn't have a, a man bun. Um, the Bucs run the ball tonight for 200 yards. This thing's over. Quick. Got to stop that. Bucks run the ball for 200 yards. Brady's going to be like 184, four touchdowns, and his play action. Brady, here, here's what makes Tom Brady one of the absolute greatest players. Okay, wait a minute. I'll take that back the greatest player pre-snap. This guy already knows where the ball's going when he gets to the line of scrimmage. Jalen hasn't figured that out yet. Then again, 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL haven't figured that out. Brady walks to the line. He knows where it's going already. He's the gap and the hole in the defense. And he knows who he's targeting. So he already knows his... When Brady comes to the line of scrimmage, he knows I'm going to throw the ball to the slot receiver. What do I have to do to manipulate the defense so it gives my receiver the best option to catch the ball? Brady will take it if he's in the slot on the right side, strong side of the field. Brady will do this, man. He'll come to the line of scrimmage, he'll set the defense up with his eyes. And he'll come back out of he'll come back, okay? And he'll look like this. He may even step this way to slide the D more and to and to slide the strong safety off the hash. So when the slot makes an out turn, he's one-on-one with the corner. And he's got to go over the backer and in front of the corner. So he'll move him like Brady's so good at this, too. He comes back, he'll slide to his right, get on his spot, move his head, slide the defense, and when he slides the defense. You, you slide the free safety or strong safety, excuse me, to the hash. you got one-on-one with your slot doing it out. He's master at that. So you've got to see those and disguise those coverages back there. Because if he sees man coverage, Brady's going to attack that. Or if he sees zone coverage, they're going to try to run the ball and they're going to try to go underneath the tight ends. Joey B, it's game day. Come on, man. Fired up today. It's freaking game day, baby. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Joey B says, "Get Silio a studio." Let me tell you something, Joey B. I could do a radio show, or I could do one of these shows in my fucking car. I don't need a big fancy studio. I could do it in my car, on my roof, in a toilet, doesn't matter, in a strip club. Hey, Don. <laughs> David, thank you for coming aboard. <laughs> Joey, put me in the shithouse, man. Just don't put Sharma tissue paper in there, or excuse me, Rieger tissue paper. Maybe that's what we should start calling it. Charles, thank you, man. <laughs> hey, man, that's cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So the Buccaneers can't get that running game going, guys. They just can't get it going. They can't. You, you, you saw what Kansas City did. And Kansas City really doesn't have a running attack, and they still ran the ball 32 times, over 200 yards on the Eagles. Can't do it. <laughs> oh. Lunch pail, baby. It's a lunch pail day. Eagles got to pretend, man, that they're going to work. They got the miner's cap on. Tom Brady and all his fancy uniforms and his fancy rings, his fancy old lady. Hey, see, maybe what I'm doing here is, maybe I'm telling you how I think for a game. I think that's kind of what I'm doing here. Because that's how I used to think. I used to go like this. This is what I'd be thinking. Brady with his fancy rings, his fancy old lady. Okay, driving around, probably a Bugatti. I'm in a fucking Yugo. I'm driving around in a 57 Chevy, man, okay? I got the silly old dice and the guy in the back dabbing the head. This guy's driving around in a Bugatti or he's in an Aston Martin. I want a piece of that guy, man. I'm gonna put a piece of his legacy on Lincoln Financial's field. That's the kind of shit I think about going into a game. And by the way, I'm not talking about taking shots at him dirty. I'm talking about going after him above the waist. I want no one ever to deny that. I went after that guy, and I put him on his head. How about this? You're the guy that knocked Brady out of the game. Can I have it? Remember something. Brady got put into the game because the guy got knocked out of the game. It's football, folks. People are going, oh, my God. How can you think like that? Well, are you kidding me, Snowflake? You're kidding me, right? Tom Brady's opportunity came because Bledsoe got knocked out by Mo Lewis. You think anybody was crying for Drew Bledsoe? You think Brady was crying for Drew? Drew Drew Bledsoe was on the sideline forever after that in New England. Tom Brady never relinquished the starting position to him ever again. So I'm sure Tom was like, hey, I know it's Drew's job. Go ahead, Drew. Here's your job back. I don't ever remember that being spoke. Right? Let's go, man. It's game day. All right. Bruce Arians versus Jonathan Gannon. You know, I I have to change my opinion on Jonathan Gannon a little bit. I'll tell you why. Don't forget, Josh Talentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer will be in hour number two. We'll get to all your spin. There's a lot more news also in the NFL. Thursday night football, Eagles and Bucks. you keep it here on the National Football Show i uh-huh.
5: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: National Football Show. Maybe it's game day or something. Because you know you have all those like, like non-athletic like uh, media dudes today. Oh, silly. He's just being silly. (laughs) No, you mean I finally get a chance to be myself and I can do whatever I feel because that's what this platform is. You know? I don't have to do snowflake radio anymore. Have to sit around kissing someone's ass any longer, dude. You think I offended somebody? I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Absolutely don't care. Do not care. This is about passionate fans. This is about people who get it. This is about people who love sports. We don't have to talk about mandates. Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and those snowflakes. Get to talk about a real sport, man, where scoreboard's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Blue-collar fans sitting their ass in the stands, freezing their asses off, getting up, going to work at 6 a.m. in the morning, rooting for their Civic Pride team in their city. That's what this is. People spend their hard-earned money, disposable income that every American has right now, to go see something that gives them joy. Fucking talk to me about a mask. Talk to me about my Eagles, my Patriots, my Steelers. Don't give me that shit about anything else. I don't want to hear it. Well, the Nets and the NBA in New York, and kiss my ass. A break it's about a fan base tonight that wants that team to win. That demands that they win. You can't listen, going to an NFL game today, guys. Okay? Watch this. What are these tickets at link? 400 bucks, 350, 325 dollars? You got a family of four. Okay, that's 1200 bucks. Got to buy a little Jimmy and little Susie, cokes and popcorn and cotton candy and all that crap. Okay? Talking another 150 bucks. Parking, 100 bucks. Got a little Joey and little Susie, uh, hat and little banners. Another 50 bucks, 60 bucks. You're talking 2 grand. People go, and they want performance. They want winning. Don't tell me about building it in five years. Build it now, and I will come. Well, you know, our fan base has to be, no, dickhead. Build it now, and we will show. That's not the way you get fans engaged in your football team. Well, if we build it, you'll come. No. Build it, then they come. You got to really support us. Shut up, dude. I'll support you from my couch where my beers are cheaper and I don't have aggravation by somebody sitting next to me talking crap to me or something else I don't want to hear. You know you know sometimes going to a football game, especially when you got crappy fans, it's like going on a cruise. You got to sit there with a dude, and you're eating dinner. This is why I refuse to go on a cruise. Someone goes, "Jill, you ever want to go on a cruise?" Absolutely not. That means I got to sit next to some person, and he's going to start telling me about his life in Wisconsin. Awesome, I'm (laughs) out. I'm out. (laughs) Right? I'm out. Oh, real quick before I get into Bruce Arians versus Jonathan Gannon. So last night I tweeted out. Okay, I tweeted. You see Adam Schefter last night? Man, I got to get that. I got to get that tweet. I want to show you what a guy who's the ultimate, absolute liar in my profession. And he parades himself because you know why? ESPN gives him the platform to be the liar that he is. And by the way, did you see Jason Pierre Paul last night? What he did? He retweeted my tweet last night because he loved what I said and what I did last night. Here, check this out. This is what I tech. This is what I... um, what I tweeted. It's on my Twitter page at Dan Silio Show. If you guys haven't seen it, he retweeted it. The guy who's playing tonight, Jason Pierre Paul. This is classic. Adam Schefter is trying to save his journalistic integrity tonight, which he has none. This is the same guy who tweeted out Jason Pierre Paul's medical records on Twitter. Jason Pierre Paul liked it. Okay? Listen to this guy's comments. Fair question. And fair questions are being asked about my reporting approach on a NFL lockout story from 10 years ago. Made sure that he threw that out. Hey, John Gruden's emails were 11 years ago, too. Oh, I see. Yours doesn't matter, but his does. Okay. Just to clarify, it's common practice to verify facts of a story with sources before you publish in order to be accurate as possible. So you give a guy who's the president of the Washington Redskins at the time editorial control of a column that you put on the website and went on the air and frauded yourself out like you were an NFL insider, and because Bruce Allen Wanted that story out? I'll give you guys another insight on Bruce Allen. How do you think the RG3 story got out that they were blowing him out of Washington? You know who broke that story, right? Google it. And come back and tell me who broke that story on RG3. Ask yourself, who broke that story? Google it. You got it. You're looking at him. Because Bruce Allen called me. Hey, you want a story? Sure. I'm not a journalist, though. I don't parade myself as one. I never have. Don't ever call me a journalist. That's like calling me an asshole. Okay? And Bruce called me and said, hey, we're letting RG3 go. Wow. Can you come on? Yeah. Do you ever wonder why that story was broke in San Diego, California, and not Washington, D.C.? How did a guy in San Diego, when the freaking football team moved already up to Carson, California, how am I breaking a story on RG3, a former rookie of the year, for Washington? How did I break it? Hey, Bruce, yeah, you want to come on? Sure. Bruce went around telling all the media. He had guys like JT to brick and all these other guys. He had tentacles, but Gruden was part of that too. So Schefter's pretending like he had nothing like, oh, yeah, this was. And he's the same guy who put out those medical records, which is against the law, on a Twitter page. He's also the same guy that's involved as a partner with Bob Kraft in a gambling site. So when he's talking about injuries, which he does every Thursday on ESPN, and then he talks about it on the lock, on that uh, countdown show. So wait a minute the guy who talks about who's active and who's not active and has a interest in a gambling site is talking about injuries who's not injured, who's maybe injured, who's maybe playing, who's maybe not playing. You don't think that manipulates the line in any way or the point spread? And you know what ESPN's response is? Well, you know, there's no conflict of interest. Really? <laughs> Okay, so if I came out here and I was tied into a website that had things to do with a point spread and over and unders, like for tonight's game, Eagles and Bucks, and I came out and I went like this. Yeah, Devontae Smith um, may be questionable tonight. You think that drops the line in any way? Or the over-under? Or the betting money? Right? How does that not... How does that not push the betting money? Well, not me. I don't have any. You know, there's no conflict of interest here. See, when you have platforms, and see, ESPN's different, though. And here, I'll move on after this because I know I'm I'm getting bored with it, too. But here, so Stephen A. Smith goes like this to show Eitani. Can't be the face of baseball because he's a Japanese-born guy. What? You know what they do? They give him more power on the show and they kick Max Kellerman off. He gets a raise. They elevate him. Give him more power on the show. Gets the pick, hand-picked Tebow and Michael Irvin, who I love. They give him a raise. They pull Sage Steele and Rachel Nichols off the air because they have political differences and mandates. Okay? Okay. But you give Adam Schefter all this? No. Greasy, man. Completely. The guy's, he's not credible. Where do people think Adam Schefter? I call him Adam Shifty. Give, give me a break, man. But see, get this. They blackball me because you know why? I say shit like this all the time. Oh, you can't say that. Why? Because of Accessibility? You saw what accessibility just did to Adam Schefter. He got caught with his pants down being the mouthpiece for an NFL executive. Oh, I'm sure that's the only time that's happened. Okay, Charles, thanks for coming aboard. All right, let's get back into tonight's game. Bruce Arians and really Byron Leftwich versus Jonathan Gannon tonight. What does Byron Leftwich want to do tonight? What's the first important thing that he wants to do tonight to the Eagle defense. He wants to do everything in his power to spread that Eagle defense out, get him in space, wants to create space. Number one thing in an offense like Bruce Arians, create space. They want lanes for Mike Evans and Goodwin and OJ Howard and backs coming out of the backfield. They want space. They don't like bunched-up stuff because the passing lanes aren't clear, and Brady's got to do more moving around in the pocket to create passing lanes. So they're going to try to spread you out with no backs right away. gannett has got to know that. So how do, you, how do you defend that? Can't tip off your coverage, dude. You Can't tip off what you're doing in the secondary. It's got to be a priority tonight that you disguise every single thing. And what you guys said earlier was important. Take a lot of what Belichick did in that game in Foxborough. They did a lot of disguises, man. And you know what they did too? They defended the slot. Brady's favorite pass over the years. Think about this for a second. What's been Brady's favorite pass route? Guys coming out of that slot position. Whether it be Amendola, Edelman, Welker, he loves that slot position. He's also going to try to get A.B. one-on-one because A.B.'s playing great ball now. You've got to defend that. See, I don't know if the Eagles have that, that ability in the secondary. And Gannon may be right there. They don't have that. So what do you got to do? You've got to create pressure. You've got to create pressure. If Brady has free passing lanes, Troubles. Big troubles. That's right, Rigor, slot and tight end. Perfect, right? Okay, slot. I love Byron Leftwich, by the way. I think Leftwich should have took that Marshall job, but he wants an NFL gig. I think he's really an up and coming guy when it comes to uh, play calling. He's a damn good play caller, and you're learning from one of the best play callers in my friend Bruce Arians. By the way, Bruce Arians has been on the show twice already on the National Football Show. and We'll get him on again. I probably should have got him on for this week, but we had just had him on, so uh, we'll get him a little bit later on in the year. Corners are good, but backers can't cover. Charles, that's where the tight ends are going to come into play tonight for Brady. He knows that. So he's going to try to do everything he can, and if he sees, watch this, press coverage by Philadelphia on the wideouts, the Y and Z, He's going to know this. There's going to be one-on-one coverage with the linebackers on the tight ends. Gronk being out, helps, but O.J. Howard's a pretty damn good player too. And he may run some backs out of the backfield. Ewing, A.B. is playing like A.B. in Pittsburgh. He is playing phenomenal football. He really is playing phenomenal football. All right. Nick Sirianni versus Todd Bowles. We're going to hit on that next because this is going to be the key matchup in this game tonight, Eagles and Buccaneers. Don't forget Josh Talantino from the Philadelphia Inquirer's in hour number two. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs> back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. Birdman, thank you. And by the way, Ken, he always reminds me, make sure you guys please hit the like bar if you do like it. Share it later on. We thank you so much here with all the people at Jacob Media. Don't forget, they're doing a brilliant job giving you all the coverage leading up to tonight's game, too. So we'll be here with you right here, too, watching this game tonight. I'll be doing my national radio show. We haven't determined yet if Big Sills is going to be on after after yet, but uh, stay tuned. I'll keep you posted on my Twitter page at Dan Silio Show. I'm going to get into Nick Sirianni versus Todd Bowles, because that'll be one of the matchups in this game too as well. Todd Bowles, the DC of the Buccaneers, and Nick obviously is the play caller for the Eagles. But I have to do this. Thank you, Washington team for honoring one of the greatest hurricanes of all time in Sean Taylor on Sunday. Um, Sean was on his way to Canton. Personally, I believe Sean Taylor was better than Ed Reed. And his, his mark on the game in such a brief time was so dynamic He is by far one of the greatest hurricanes ever to come out of our program. And I've told you the story. I was really glad that my teammate, who was an EMT person, George Myra Jr., was there at his death and was holding his hand as he died. I got the call that night watching... Football of all things. Dan, I'm here with Sean Taylor. Oh, tell him I said hi. No, he's been shot. What? He's dying in front of me. He was with Andy Garcia's, I think, niece. He threw himself in front of a would be robber, and the robber was gonna shoot his pregnant girlfriend. Died a hero. two men in my life that I know were on their way to Canton. Jerome Brown and Sean Taylor. The Eagles retired. Jerome Brown's number 99. And Washington will retire Sean Taylor's number on Sunday. Let's move on here. All right. So, Sirianni is, as a play caller so far, remember what I told you guys, okay? Remember what I told you guys about Nick Sirianni here. Nick Sirianni is doing the same thing that Bill Parcells, Bill Walsh, God name it, Bill Belichick, all the great head coaches are going through. You know what that is? They're making that transition from being a position coach where you're laser-focused on one thing to being a head football coach. Your responsibilities are broader in the conversation when you're talking to your team and your coaches. Okay? You know, when you're a wide receiver coach like he was last year in Indy, all you have to do is talk to your, you know, at times to your quarterback and to your wideouts, tight ends. You know, you talk to your OC and you talk to all the people because Frank really is the play caller in Indy. You can give him a title of being offensive coordinator. We all know Frank calls the plays and designs the offense. So Nick's got to go through that whole process because you can't just be this on one side of the ball. Now, something was said to me in the last couple days. You can go over to the Jacob Media channel. You guys can hear it for yourself. Ross Tucker, who does a lot of work for the Eagles in the preseason, and actually will be on the call tonight for Westwood One's radio broadcast, says that he believes that Jonathan Gannon is going to be an NFL head coach one day. Boy, that changed my complete direction. I guess our very own John McMullen has been saying that as well. You know, and not so many words, and maybe not as stern as what Ross said the other day, but... You know, he's been kind of going down that line, too. When you hear him talk and you hear him formulate the kind of defenses that he's trying to put on the field, you know, he, you, you can hear and you can see. And when people like those guys are saying that, that changes my objective because you know why? Those are people that I respect and those are people that are around them all the time. You know, me sitting from 30,000 feet going, that guy sucks and he's no good. That's radio guy. Okay, that's radio dude. That that's guy looking for, you know, a quick view or a quick hit or whatever. So I, I've got to always do this. The people that I respect that evaluate people like that, to me, I've got to sit back and say this. Okay, well, these guys must obviously see something. Smile says OC get head coaching jobs more than frequently than DC. Okay, fair enough. But let's take a look at that for a minute. Okay. And you're right, it's, it's, there's no coincidence to that. But defense coordinators have won Super Bowls, too. Belichick, um, Pete Carroll, Parcells. I mean, these guys are defensive coordinators, okay? I mean, by the way, Brandon Staley, who's running that Chargers team, looks like he's the real deal. I'm a fan of his. Now, Justin Herbert makes him look like that. I'm not gonna lie. But Brandon Staley was a defensive coordinator. It looks pretty good. But the trend is, as you say, smile, the trend is now to hire qualified young OCs. Because you know why? The majority of these new offensive coordinators, they're not gut reaction, Ernie Zampezi type offensive coordinators like they used to have in the past. Air Coriel type offenses where guys had gut feelings about throwing the football down the field. You know, hey, we're really running the blitz. These guys are all analytical guys, okay? And these guys really work with the front office, and they really work the numbers here. And that's why you're seeing guys like, okay, think about this for a minute. Cliff Kingsbury failed in college at Texas Tech. Failed. Got fired. Was hired as the offensive coordinator in – Southern Cal, all of a sudden he gets the opportunity, does the interview, gets the Arizona Cardinal job, and now all of a sudden he could be in conversation right now for NFL Coach of the Year. His team's undefeated. Could be in that conversation, right? Analytics, I think, plays more into the NFL because everything is so situational and technique-wise that I do think analytics plays a little more in the college game, or excuse me, in the pro game than in the college game. In the college game, you can line up five big dogs, On your offensive line, great back, and you can run people over because it's more of a power game in college football. You don't have to have the greatest quarterbacks on the planet to win a national championship. Ohio State proves that all the time. They don't have anybody that's any good at that position like ever. But they win national championships, right? Alabama's just changed that whole thing around where, you know, okay, the Alabama quarterback. And by the way, the Alabama quarterback so far in the National Football League, is a bust in Miami. Guy's a bust. Okay, he's a bust, dude. Mac Jones looks like he's going to – watch this. You know who I think Mac Jones ends up being? A healthier Sam Bradford. Not bad a good player when healthy. Okay, wait a minute. Do you think Mac Jones could beat Joe Flacco? Maybe. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying he couldn't win a, a Super Bowl with, with Mac Jones, but Mac Jones is never going to be greater than Joe Flacco. I'm talking Joe Flacco, good Joe Flacco. Ravens, Super Bowl Joe Flacco. Not the dudes in Philly now. A shell of his guy, a shell of himself. Not that guy. Okay, so here, Sirianni versus versus uh, Todd Bowles tonight. Man, Todd Bowles loves without a doubt. He loves to bring pressure. He loves to do games. He loves to do a lot of disguised coverages in the secondary. Jalen is going to have to really be on his game tonight. Reading defenses. And when you're a one read guy, he is going to have to be, I think, put in motion. I think Nick's going to have to move and play to his strength tonight, move him around in the pocket, roll him right, roll him to his strong side, give him an ability to be able to manage half the field. Okay? Because if you get into a game, where you have to be a one-read guy, Todd Bowles is going to shut this thing down as quick as it started, and this baby be over by halftime and everybody's on their way home. So you've got to roll him. Third short, can't have three and outs. You've got to be in a position to be able to somehow manufacture running yards, RPOs, jet options like people were saying. Got to be able to get it going there. And that's what Bowles' signature is. It does a great job with those line, and, and the Bucks have great linebackers. Now, they're hurt in the secondary. Will Devontae have more space? That's something, if you're Sirianni, that you have to think about. But the only way you get space in passing lanes is if you're able to manufacture some type of run and being able to run the ball. Okay? This is the game plan tonight, the fundamental thought process. Eddie says we got to control the clock. Absolutely. I mean, watch this. Every series has to be over five minutes. Can't be minute ten. Get Brady the ball back? Good night. And on a short field? (sighs) By the way, you know what your best weapon could be tonight? Your punter. Dude, special teams has got to be great, and you can't – here, against Brady, don't kick field goals inside two minutes with Brady and where Brady can beat you with a field goal. How many games does Brady – how many Super Bowls has Brady won with field goals? Okay, right? Can't give the ball back to that dude with a field goal. You know that stupid play last week that the Browns did? Where they ran the ball on third and ten on Baker Mayfield. Guy, you gave the ball back on the other side of Justin Herbert and they beat you. It was stupid. It's because they don't believe in Baker. Lana Queen, appreciate it. After ball, Lana, I don't I don't know how they do that, Lana, but they clearly have to manufacture if it's RPOs in some form or fashion, they've got to get the ball moving. On the ground. All right, Jalen Hurts versus Brady. I want to hit on that a little bit. Don't forget, Josh Chalantino from the Philadelphia Inquirer will be with us in hour number two. I got to take a brief timeout. You keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> Welcome back. National Football Show. The XWO Bottom of the Hour. Josh Valentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer. we were kind of briefly touching on this yesterday. And I'm going to get into Jalen Hurts versus Brady here in a minute. A little bit on this John Gruden story. And then not really John, but the NFL in general. Okay? Not really him. You know, until something new comes up. I'm not one of the guys that just keep regurgitating the same story and bore you to hell. Okay? Jeff, we'll get to that, man. Trying to use Watkins more and screens. Get him the ball in space. Absolutely. That's a great take right there. Okay? So one thing about the NFL, they're all offended by Gruden's emails, right? And we were kind of hitting on this yesterday. So wait a minute. You got Dr. Dre and you got Snoop Dogg and you got Eminem who say nasty things about killing cops. Cops suck. F the police. Let's see what else. Eminem, too. You're not offended by that? By the way, I like those three rappers. I'm not attacking the rappers, and I'm not attacking their work. I'm attacking the NFL for double standards, man. Again, I like Snoop Dogg's music. I mean... One of my friends and you guys noticed is Ice Cube. I mean, Luther Campbell, all these guys are my boys. I'm good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stupid double standards that, that exist in our country today. Oh, you can have a guy who goes out there and promotes killing cops as your halftime show, but you've got a cow with a guy dropping some nasty language on an email? Come on, man. You don't look cool. And, hey, and one last thing before we move on. Get this. That's right, Charles. Eminem talks trash on gays. Oh, I see. I had a guy tell me that earlier. Well, these are artists. Oh, I see. So if you put it in a song, you sing about it, it's cool. But if you put it in a company email, that's out. Okay, got it. Got it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, whatever, dude. Hypocritical. Hey, and can I get some leadership from the commissioner? Instead of sending out Mike Mayock or your lackey, Brian McCarthy, why don't you stand in front of a microphone and address these things? Doesn't the commissioner have to say anything? Or what is that beneath them? Oh, it was because Gruden dogged him. Man, show some leadership and some onions, dude. That's not leadership. That's going to the winds of Twitter. All right. Tonight, Eagles and Buccaneers. Jalen Hurts versus Brady. Is it really that? Of course it's that. Quarterbacks get all the girls and all the praise. And when shit goes south, they get all the heat. He was a lawyer. (laughs) What do you expect? That's right. Deny, deny, deny. Deny tonight deny, deny. Deny deny deny. Never give them the truth. Always give them half truths. A lawyer's creed. And that's why you could take most lawyers, chain link them, and throw them down in the gutter. Very few are cool and quality guys. Okay. Very few. Okay. And so and so, yes, that's Roger Goodell. You know what? I'll take that back. The, the, the lawyers that are on Park Avenue, I should take that back. Because those are the sleaziest. The other guys do great work for people in society. I should, I should take that back. Those are the, the guys on Park Avenue I'm talking about. I'm not really talking about people who go out there and defend people. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm take that, I take that back. The Park Avenue guys are the ones that piss me off. So let's go here now. By the way, that was a hell of a take you had there with with Quez getting him in space. That could be a way also to create some running running yards. You know, throw those two yarders to him. Let's see what he does with it, right? You know, throw it out wide to him. See if he can get that thing going there like that, right? Make that happen like that. Okay? Get the ball in his hands. By the way, man, Watkins and... Devontae Smith should be your starters anyway. That's why I told you like yesterday, man, wouldn't it have been great to have a guy like Julio Jones on your football team? Julio Jones as your possession guy and these other two guys running crazy out there on the field in open space. Plus, Julio was great and is great in the run game. That guy knocks people out in the run game. Why do you think the Tennessee Titans wanted him on that field with that other beast on the other side? so that in the running game, when Derrick Henry's running down the field, those two horses are knocking people out in the secondary. You think they're relying on Ryan Tannehill to win games like that? No way, man. So let's go into this here a little bit. Yeah, hey, hey, hey Bobby wants to get uh, a chant. Fans at the link tonight, run the damn ball. <laughs> run the damn ball. Right? Hey, I I said this, Bobby, since uh, Sirianni's big on T-shirts, make it a fourth-quarter game. That's what you need to have happen. Okay? Got to have a fourth-quarter football game. Can't be down 14 going into the final frame with Tom Brady on that other side of the ball there, dogs. That ain't going to work. Let's look at Brady coming into this game. Watch this. What does Brady have to prove coming into tonight and into this 2021 year? Brady doesn't look at you, records, his place in history. He doesn't look at any of that. You know what he fights? Brady fights himself. The only person that can motivate you is you. Nobody. No opponent, no coach. When the lights aren't on, nobody's watching. It's raining. You're training. You're hurting. Coming off a injury, which he is, he hurt his hand. What keeps him going? His engine. Brady's the greatest. One and zero athlete I've ever seen. People go, what does 1-0 and athlete mean? This guy doesn't do what LeBron does. He doesn't reflect. Brady never reflects. He projects. He projects on what's next. That makes you a miserable human, though, because you have your head like this, guys. It's constantly down. You don't really look up sometimes and see the beautiful things that you've created around you. Do you know how many times that I've not gone on trips or done things with my family because my head is down? Not enjoyed it. Just my small little nobody, world. I look around sometimes when things are tough, live in a nice house, beautiful house, beautiful family. and I always, thank God I've got really great people around me that remind me of that. Brady, that's why he has such a small circle. Bobby says his hot-ass wife. Hey, by the way, Bobby, his hot-ass wife, I think is instrumental in his success. She's the most she's the most popular model in history, and the world knows her more than they know him. She makes $50 million a year walking down a runway, not saying a word. Brady makes four. These guys make $100 million a year, and you know what? She could finally just look over at him and go like this, enough. Enough, dude. It's over. What else is there left? But because these two dudes are all family-oriented, see, it starts with family with Brady. His dad, his wife, his team. Those are the three things in his life that matter the most. Those are the three things that compel him. I haven't even got to his intangibles on the field as being a guy who is the smartest savant in the history of the game. This guy's like Einstein out there. He knows, like I said to you in the last hour, he knows where he's throwing the ball already. He's outwitted Jonathan Gannon before the game started. He's going to match wits against Jonathan Gannon tonight. So Brady, it's a chess game every day for him, like it was against Belichick. He looks at it as chess. He looks at it as another challenge. These challenges start to add up into greatness. You know what makes him like Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor and Jim Brown and Jerry Rice? You just can't explain it. If you can't explain it, like Ali, it must be great. I'm 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 such I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm a Buck fan because I played for them. But I'm such a fan of a guy that masters the position. When that guy leaves, just like with Michael Jordan, his legacy is gonna grow and grow and grow. Jordan today is more popular than he was when he played. Because we're still talk. He's the barometer. Same thing with Babe Ruth. Think about this for a second before I move on to Jalen. Think about Babe Ruth for a minute. Not to bore you with old man talk here. But think about something with Babe Ruth. Do you know there's only 14 actual playing minutes of Babe Ruth's playing career? 14. This guy hasn't played baseball in 85 years. And we still talk about that guy as the GOAT in baseball. Think of that. 14 actual minutes of Babe Ruth baseball. And we still talk about the guy 85 years after the fact. Well, he's no Ruth. I never saw Ruth play. I wasn't alive when he was alive. This guy's like uh, Spongebob or something. William says, still need to keep a good run-pass ratio. Yeah, but William, they've never have had that yet. William, they've got to create that, a run-pass ratio. Their ratio has been 2-1. to I mean, in all games so far. It's got to get better. I think they ran the ball 22 times this past game. That thing's got to be in the room, like 35 passes, 32 runs, or vice versa, somewhere in that conversation. Here's what Jalen does tonight. If you're Jalen Hurts, do we not all agree this? Jalen Hurts is in an audition right now to become the face. He's a starter this year in 2012. Let's just get that out of the way. Gardner Minshew is just being brought in in case things go completely south. Okay? and In case things go completely south. Jalen's going to be the starter unless something goes down here, correct? Okay. So it's pretty much an audition for these next games. Game like this tonight, if Jalen shows that he can stay in a game with Brady, be in a ball game, play hard, keep having that same – I'll tell you what he's starting to remind me of a little bit. Lamar Jackson. You know where I'm going with this, with Lamar? Not his ability. They're two different guys. You know, you you know how many times did Devontae Smith say that Jalen kept saying this the entire game this past weekend? Hey guys, we got this. We're gonna win this. We're gonna win this. We're gonna stay in this. Let's go. Let's keep grinding. Let's keep pounding that rock. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. He wouldn't surrender. When you have that intangible of never surrendering, dude, you're gonna win games. You're going to win the admiration of people in your locker room. And you know what's going to happen, too? The organization is going to give you more latitude to go out and try to win this thing because they're pulling for you. You think they're pulling for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay this year after drafting Jordan Love? Do you think they're really in their deepest of hearts pulling for him? Or do you think if they knew that Jaylen, if they knew that Jordan Love was ready to go, they would have shipped Aaron Rodgers' ass out of town if he was ready to go? He's not ready yet. He's a green apple on a tree. Or Green Bay would have shipped his ass out of town the same way they got rid of Brett Favre. This kid hurts here, man. Watch this. You're being told by Nick Saban to get the hell out of my program, and he embarrasses him the same way that Dispenser Rattler's getting embarrassed at Oklahoma right now. Spencer Radler will probably never get his coaching or his uh, quarterbacking job back ever again. Me, I hit the transfer portal. I get the hell out of there. I've lost $50 million because of that decision by Lincoln Riley. I need to find a place that's going to play me, and I need to build my equity back up. Hurt him. Jalen goes, okay. You know what he did, though, man? And I said this. What a teammate. He was never an asshole in Alabama, was he? He was there for Tua. By the way, he's better than Tua. As a pro, at least. I don't think anything of Tua. What did he do? Hey, man, you know, I'm going to go to um, Oklahoma. What happened? I saw those videos of him working out with his teammates. His teammates loved him. Didn't he get him to a semifinal Oklahoma? Got him to a semifinal. Got himself into a position where he was a... um, Heisman Trophy candidate, dude, all those things, man, they matter. They matter. They matter. Comes to Philly, wasn't his fault that Carson Wentz was soft. Carson Charmin Wentz wasn't wasn't his fault, but it became an opportunity because he knew watching him, you know what? Jalen knew watching Wentz last year that Wentz was going to be his own worst enemy. And Wentz started melting down in front of him. Jalen didn't have to do anything. Wentz did it himself. Sat back, waited for his turn, and now he's got an opportunity. These are lifetime opportunities when you play against people like Brady or Joe Montana or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. These are all opportunities. All right. William, thank you, brother. We're going to talk to Josh Talentino, And he's live at Lincoln Financial, getting ready for the game tonight between Bucks and Eagles. We're going to talk to him next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs>
5: Go for the midnight tears, go for the game, go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort, book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: Welcome back, National Football Show. David Slilio. Catch up with our friend Josh Salantino from the Philadelphia Inquirer here in a minute. Live from Lincoln Financial. This is an opportunity for Jalen Hurts tonight. Like, you know, I said this last year for the Super Bowl, and I said this about Patrick Mahomes going into that Super Bowl game against Tom Brady. Know this, do you know how many chances you get a chance to match your abilities up versus the greatest person ever in your sport? It is just a handful of times that you get a chance to match yourself up in a, in a moment versus that guy. Patrick Mahomes may play in numerous Super Bowls moving forward, but he's not going to play against that guy. Those are the kind of guys you build your legacy on. Watch this. Do you know what Nick Foles can hang his hat on for the rest of his life? Besides the fact that he won a Super Bowl? He beat fucking Brady. And he was the MVP. And he outplayed him. Nick Foles has to do nothing the rest of his career because it's validated with a moment, and with a run. His playoff run was as iconic as Eli's um, run. You beat Tom Brady. When, when, When you do this, you think of Eli Manning. You think sometimes the ending, but you know what always shades over the ending of his career in New York? He beat Brady twice in Super Bowls. The thing, the three losses in Brady's life that aggravate him the most are those two losses to Eli and the Foles. He looks at those two guys and says, I lost to those guys. Yeah, can never get it back. When you're somebody like Tom Brady, you look at the losses more than you do the wins. They aggravate you the most. Here, I tell people this all the time. My losses at the University of Miami are more entrenched in my mind than all the massive wins we had when I was there. We were 22-1 and 1 in my regular season at the University of Miami. But the, the losses that we had, like in the bowl game to Penn State or a loss to Florida, I'll never forget those losses terrible, and and, and I, that loss to Penn State, I can't get out of my mind, and I know Brady, he sees Foles and Eli, and Eli loves to needle him, too, doesn't he? Hey, Bobby Murphy says, put that Nick Foles Philly special on the sidelines. You mean kind of like one of those dolls that you, like, poke with, like, with, like, needles and stuff so that you could just uh, – oh, my God. you know what they should do? They should have Nick Foles throw the uh, – you know, you know, be out there for the coin toss. <laughs> just Hey, just have him come in from Chicago for just one moment, right? And now at the center of Lincoln Financial, the man who is going to – watch this – flip the coin for tonight's game will be the former MVP. Who beat the brakes off of Brady in the Super Bowl? Nick Foles. Oh my god, man. Wouldn't that be like a voodoo doll, right? Have <laughs> a voodoo doll on the sideline with Nick Foles' number on it. That'd be classic. Right? Is that Nick Foles? You, hey, all all the um all hey all the Eagle guys should be given like a voodoo doll tonight. Put it in their locker. And when they run on the field, light it on fire. (laughs) Just light it on fire, right? Or no, you know what? Hey, they should be handing those things out, those voodoo dolls tonight, as a promotion at Lincoln Financial. The Tom Brady voodoo doll. Hey, hey, wait a minute. ZTV goes like this. That's not how the voodoo doll works. Well, here on the National Football Show, ZTV, that's how it works here. Big Sills has got his own rules, dog. <laughs> we set the rules here, man, all of us. Well, that's not how it works. Yeah, it works here like that. Someone goes like this, Sills, that's not what was said. Well, that's how I heard it. You know, it's, it's all about Silio's world, right? Yeah. I, hey. Uh, yeah. Hey. Hey. Real quick here, before we move on a little bit on the defensive side of the football tonight, and I think the defense obviously is going to be critical tonight in what they're going to have to do to Tom Brady tonight and have to slow him down. Possessions have to be held to a minimum here. You know, somebody asked me on the NFL Network on an email today for me to pick the best quarterbacks in the NFL currently right now. You know what I said to them? I go, well, what's your your parameters? And you know what they said to me? Well, you know, take all the things. You mean that pro football focus? Here, let me show you, man. Pro football focus, this is what I think of them. This is pro football focus, stats. If I had to win a game, a 60-minute football game, I'd pick Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady, number one. Yeah, but what about the way the Kyler's playing? What about the way that – if you had to play a game for 60 minutes of football for you to get a win, okay, who would you pick? There's one dude. He's playing tonight on your field. There's one dude. Yeah, but that's not what PFF says. PFF. <laughs> PFF. Yeah. PFF. Man, we'll read anything nowadays. You know, hey, people will tell you, too, that elephants fly. Hopefully Nick Seriani. What was that? Hopefully Nick Seriani doesn't try to Philly special again tonight. No. He, 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 he should not be doing that. Hungry Python, appreciate you coming aboard. All right, look, this defense has got to get into a position tonight where they've got to disguise what they're doing. They're limited in many positions, especially at the backer position. They're limited, guys. Okay? They're limited. Jonathan Gannon has even made that statement that they're limited on that side. So for me, okay, take everything that you took from that game film that you got from the Patriots. What was the big thing that Belichick did to Brady in that, in that game plan? He, he limited him. He completely limited him. All right. Let's go to Lincoln Financial right now with our friend Josh Talentino. He's there right now with us, and boy, I'll tell you something. Hey, Josh. I mean, I wonder what kind of atmosphere this thing's going to be tonight at Lincoln Financial. The last time potentially the goat gets a chance to come into Philadelphia, and Jalen Hurts gets an opportunity to match up against him. Just talk a little bit about you know your feelings going into the game tonight.
4: Yeah, and I actually just parked uh, about five minutes ago, and they're actually. To my surprise, a lot of 12 jerseys around here. A lot of 12 uh, red bucks uh, jerseys. Some some New England jerseys, but um, it looks like you know it's going to be a rowdy bunch, regardless. Uh, you know, as Philadelphia is known for. But again, as you mentioned, who knows how long this guy's going to going to end up uh, playing? How many years he has left in him? You know, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if be, uh, you know, considering his diet, if he's back here in four years or or whenever that may be. So. Um, but but do expect a rowdy bunch here. I actually drove by uh, Lincoln Financial Field earlier. Had a, a couple chores around the city, and there were people lined up here about 10 a.m. Uh, Dan, so so a lot of anticipation for this Thursday night game.
1: Expectations from the team now, Josh. I mean, it's been up and down. It's been sporadic. I mean, the defense, the defense I thought has played pretty well. Now, obviously, Kansas City and Dallas. Those are two games that you can look at. I mean, Andy Reid runs the ball 32 times for 200 yards. He's not even known for running the football, and he actually in that game ran the ball more than he threw the rock in that football game. So just give me a sense of where you think the team is tonight because the Bucs come in. They're obviously injured in the secondary. It's not quite the same Bucks team as it was defensively as last year. They're still so gifted on offense. Gronk's not going to play tonight, but there's so many weapons. Just give me a synopsis of what you're going to see tonight, you think.
4: Yeah, you mentioned, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Chiefs game, and this is a little bit off topic, but but in regards to the Chiefs, in neutral passing situations, Dan, there is no team that passes the ball more in the league uh, than the Eagles, besides the, the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are number one and the Eagles are, are number two, so... Um, and you look at what is coming into town tonight, a very tough Bucks defense that's missing a few uh, key pieces on that unit. But they're still one of the best uh, teams in stopping the run. And if you're Miles Sanders, man, this has been an extremely frustrated month. And if I'm Miles Sanders, I'm talking to my agent trying to, um, you know, see where where you can be of use because he's basically been absent from Nick Sirianni's offense uh, all season long, really, outside of week one against probably one of the worst teams in the NFL down there, Atlanta. But uh, just concentrating back here, I think it's going to be a, you know, Nick Sirianni and what we've seen. Um, I think Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, as you mentioned, 83 points in those two games against the Chiefs and the Cowboys, but they locked it down uh, really all game last week against a very, uh, uh, how would you describe this, the, the Panthers team. I, I think they, they're fluky. I, don't, I think they're 3-1 record. It didn't speak for... Uh, what it was, I don't think they're that great of a football team, but you know what, the defense showed up. Um, they they definitely have some holes in uh, you know throughout the, the 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 unit, but they're they're backed by probably Javon Hargrave and uh, Fletcher Cox uh, down low. So uh, two guy two important guys in the trenches, but again a very uh, tough challenge tonight with Tampa Bay's uh, offensive line and Tom Brady.
1: Give me your give me your sense of how you think that that uh, Jalen Hurts has played so far this year? I mean, nine starts, I believe it is for him, professionally. How do you think he's done so far as he goes into this game tonight?
4: Yeah, I think this is about as expected, Dan. I think maybe we we could have predicted that he might be running the ball more, uh, you know, or you know, having some design boots and design uh, quarterback rushes, which we actually saw a little bit more in the second half against Carolina, which opened up more things uh, offensively, but I think this is about uh, what we expected, not just from Jalen Hurts, but the team. I mean, they're dealing with a first-year coach, first-year play caller, uh, a lot of uh, young pieces uh, offensive skill-wise. You talk about the receivers, uh, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, their top three guys. Uh, this is about what we expected from this team. We knew that they were going to struggle uh, offensively, especially since uh, uh, early on, Dan, and we've talked about this. Uh, you know As Nick Sirianni is rolling out his offense, and Jalen Hurts is running it, man, a bunch of plays early on, it looked like, man, this is like a play call that you'd see uh, Phillip Rivers or Andrew Luck run, you know, quarterbacks that Nick Sirianni has uh, overseen in the past. But this is Jalen Hurts. They have to learn how to, uh, I think they're still trying to find their sweet spot in regards to Sirianni's chemistry with uh, calling up what uh, Jalen enjoys and what he's comfortable in. Um, I mean, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I got to stop so many bubble screens. He loves the bubble screens. And then, you know, you got to design more uh, plays to to make use of Jalen's legs. And am I saying, you know, Jalen has to move every, out of the pocket every single play? No, but I mean, he definitely, you know, that's a weapon and he has to be able to use it, especially against a a passing uh, defense that allows a a lot of yards. So, um, and and not just that one more thing that I want to see Nick Sirianni and, and from this Eagles team as it, uh, develops and this has been talked about nationally but they got to get in the hurry up more often Devonte Smith talks about how slow it feels you know having to run back in the huddle having to hear Jalen call out the play having to wait for the play, play call come from the sideline that like you, your, your skill position players are literally complaining about how slow the pace is so speed it up for them you know the Jalen Hurts obviously very comfortable in that hurry up offense at Alabama and Oklahoma so um, again there's still a, a work in progress down here in Philadelphia
1: how about this, too, Josh? You know, one of the things, too, and I would throw at this here, going into tonight's game, you have a very young coaching staff, like you mentioned, Jonathan Gannon, Nick Sirianni, the play caller. You're going against Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, and Bruce Arians. These guys are so experienced. And do you think sometimes that may lead into the complacency and the lack of sense of urgency that, again, it's a brand-new offense. It's these guys trying to figure out, it's because, and I agree, I think they look plain, look like they play slow sometimes because the guys are still trying to figure out, again, the identity of the football team, what's actually being asked of them. So when you see the Bucks tonight, these guys are going to be fluid motion because they know exactly what's expected of them because of Brady and Arians and those coordinators I mentioned. You think that's kind of why sometimes we're getting this sporadic play calling is because these guys, again, a sense of urgency – That's got to be player and coaching staff wise. Them not connecting. Do you agree?
4: Yeah. I'm really glad you brought up the word identity because we're five games in Dan and uh, Nick Sirianni this past week was asked about, you know, what he would establish as his uh, identity offensively. And he really gave a non-answer and uh, Jalen Hurts was asked the same question. And and his response is, I think it is what it is. His his response was exactly uh, we're still learning each other. We're still evolving. We're still growing. So, Um, They really don't have an identity right now. You know, jokingly, you could say that their identity is bubble screens and, you know, dump offs and check downs. But um, for a team that brags so much about their speed, Nick Siriani, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, uh, and even Jalen Hurts, uh, all throughout training camp and even throughout the season, they've talked about how fast Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie from Memphis, how quick they are. You know why are we waiting until the four, third, fourth quarter to to see some deep shots to those guys who you call the fastest guys uh, on the team? so there there might be some hesitancy and allowing hurts to um, again uh, throw it not only throw it deep, but but just the comfort com- comfortableness and familiarity with uh, the playbook. Um, sense of ur- sense of urgency, as you put it, I, I, I'd agree. I think we we uh, gotta see them uh, run some more hurry up again. Devontae Smith, your top draft pick, is complaining about how slow uh, the NFL feels and how, how slow the huddle gets them out of rhythm. So put them in a comfortable situation. And uh, against the Todd Bowles defense, maybe if you hurried up a little bit, um, you know, that might uh, confuse them. As, as veteran-led of, of a unit they are. But um, if we're going to see them mix it up, I'd like to see them hurry up that offense.
1: Two last questions for you here. You mentioned Devontae Smith. How do you think he's performed so far early in his career?
4: Oh, man, about as expected, and I know uh, a lot of uh, pundits and fans were were very, uh, you know, they raised question marks about his frame uh, coming out, but I had always been high on him. I never really had uh, doubted his uh, ability, and uh, you really were seeing the route skills are as advertised, and in the first half last week, Dan, at Carolina, I, I, if you go over the film, I, I would count so many times that Devontae is open and Jalen's not looking at his way, or it's like Nick Sirianni didn't tell him to look his way. Um, it took them forever to get Devontae Smith involved. Um, really, uh, you know, they had that last-minute uh, field goal uh, in the second half last week. Jake Elliott hit a 58-yarder, uh, an absolute bomb from, from around midfield um, to give them some momentum going into halftime. That drive, Devontae Smith had two big catches to push them downfield. Right before that, Dan, he had one target the entire half. They, they really wow. have to get him going. Um, they have to get him going early because uh, I think he's the best uh, skill player on the team. And honestly, I don't even think it's close. And I know a, a lot of the fan base is high on Quez Watkins. Uh, a lot of them are disappointed in Jalen Rager. Um, and then you, you talk about the running back room. I don't think it's close at all in, in regards to Devontae Smith, his skill set. And, you know, they, they want to talk about their talent, but I think he is in another uh, level compared across the room. Uh, you have that weapon, can get him involved way more. I think he should be seeing double uh, targets. I know he's had seven catches in the past uh, two weeks consecutively, 14 catches combined, but he should be having more, 10-plus. I, I think that he's that uh, talented and he's the best player on the team.
1: Finally here, um, Hardgrave. he's got six sacks on the season so far. I got to tell you, Josh, I mean, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on the defensive tackle position because that's kind of like my forte. And, boy, I'll tell you, they got a mine in that kid there. And last week, I actually saw Fletcher Cox be a factor in the game because he created space and (laughs) one-on-ones for Hardgrave. So, I mean, you know, it's a little bit of Gannon moving around with Cox, but when they move Fletcher around a little bit more, I thought it created a little bit more one-on-ones for Hardgrave, and they took advantage of his quickness getting into the backfield he's been a beast hasn't he so far
4: oh yeah definitely I think Javon Hargrave if you talk about the defense he's been no doubt the biggest impact player of the unit uh, I wouldn't even just say the front seven the entire defense he's definitely and it's not just because he's putting it on paper uh, he, he's really playing and I know Bucks fans if they're listening they might get offended by this with Vita Vea um, controlling the the trenches on their side but I think Javon Hargrave is no doubt right now uh, playing like the best defensive interior defensive lineman in the league, and. And the numbers show it. And it's not just uh, the quarterback pressures. He leads the league in uh, pressures, hurries, sacks uh, for all interior defensive linemen. It's just, if you look at his play, uh, whether it be sliding over or attacking in um, whichever technique that he's asked of, I mean, he's making an impact uh, everywhere. And it doesn't matter who has been lined up against uh, against him. And, you know, the the opposition definitely gets tougher with uh, this uh, Tampa Bay offensive line, who I think is definitely one of the better uh, units in the league. But I still expect uh, Javon Hargrave to... Uh, make an impact as he's continued to do. And you know what, Dan? Uh, talking to him uh, early this week, and it's, it's something he's been repeating the past three weeks, he feels like he's playing the best uh, football of his career. And, and I think really getting that full off season um, with the team, getting that training camp uh, experience with the team, uh, learning under Jonathan Gannon this past summer has helped. I, I wouldn't say his development, but definitely helped his impact on the city and what they've been waiting for.
1: Absolutely. I don't. I don't think that he's... Just going to the Pro Bowl, I think he's going to be the all-pro defensive tackle uh, this coming uh, selection time when it comes to picking the all-pro team. Hey, brother, I appreciate it, man. Have a great time tonight. It should be an electric crowd. Buccaneers versus Eagles, live from Lincoln Financial, our friend Josh talentino from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Josh, thank you, brother.
4: Hey, Dan, appreciate it. I'm actually parked right now. I'm about to walk in, um, parked next to the family lot, and I see a lot of 97 jerseys tailgating here. I'm going to guess this is Javon's. Uh, family, so they might be in, in, in a show tonight as he chases out uh, Tom Brady, but enjoy the game, brother we'll, we'll uh, catch up soon.
1: You got it, man, that's our friend Josh Talentino. All right, we'll take a brief time out, get back to your thoughts. We'll give you our final thoughts on what we think happens tonight. Keep it right here on the National football show.) Welcome back, National Football Show Dance. Tonight's one of those games where you sit in front of your locker and you block out noise in naysayers. Remember something you're in the league. You're there for a reason. They're no better than you. They may have been together longer. But on one night for 60 minutes, it's the greatest thing about football. It's not a seven-game series where traditionally the best team wins. In football, when you show up, sometimes that other team Doesn't expect you to show up. How close do you think you are to being talent wise to what the New England Patriots are? You think they have exceptional skilled players? Name me one on offense. Name me one. One guy. Yet they were in that game. They knew the world was watching. Brady came back. And so those players in New England said, everybody was expecting the Bucks to go in there and put a 14 spot on the Patriots. This is what I'd be thinking. Patriots guys fought until the doink on the field goal, goal post. Remember something? The Patriots had a chance to win that game. It hit the goalpost. Or they had to beat Brady. Lesser talent. Great coaching. But the Bucs have great coaching. Bucks coordinators are f- fantastic. Every one of them are going to be a head coach somewhere. Bruce Arians is cementing himself as potentially a guy that could make it to Canton one day, maybe. Joe, if you go into this game tonight and you're Nick Sirianni, you know what you're telling your guys? Nothing. I would walk into that locker room and look at all my guys, and I would look at all the Eagle players, and I would go like this. Do I really have to say anything here tonight? Do I have to say anything to you? Do you know who's on the other side? These guys are the perennial favorites to win the Super Bowl. Some people say, watch this. They go Buffalo. Okay, Buffalo? (laughs) Okay, so Buffalo versus Brady. It's like people who constantly are always trying to throw darts at Brady. Well, you know, I'll take uh, Patrick Mahomes or I'll take Aaron Rodgers. You're in that locker room tonight. Don't give me no Newt Rockney speeches from a guy who's just got the new headset where he's now it says HC on it. You know, I don't give a shit about that. I'm going to sit there and go like this to me, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to have my own thoughts. I'm going to go out and be a star tonight. I'm going to go out and I'm going to make every freaking play that I possibly can tonight because guess what? I'm going to be, I'm going to run to the ball. There's going to be a sense of urgency that I have tonight on every single play. There is not going to be a play where you catch me on film where I'm loafing or I'm drifting to the ball. I'm going to run to get water. I'm going to run off the field. I'm going to run on the field. These are these kind of games where you go into a game and get this. You go into a football game like this knowing this, the world is watching you, dude. Every eyeball in the world is watching Brady. Great, that means they're seeing me too. I went to the University of Miami to be in games like that so that I could get to the NFL and play against people like Joe Montana, John Elway. It's a different feeling. You know how they say some games are different than others? (laughs) Of course they are. John Elway's on the field. Marino's on the field. Montana's on the field. I don't need rah-rah speeches from a newbie. I would take the the us-against-the-world mentality People think we're shit. People think we're not going to win. Great. We think I'm going to buy into that. See, I think most people that that sit in the stands do this. Well, you know, good old effort. Effort. Screw effort. That's a given. Russ says the Eagles will have 200 yards and penalties. I don't care as long as it really as long as it results in a win, I could care less. I don't care about stats tonight. I'll care about them after we'll know what happened. Tonight I care about going out and giving max effort, coaching and playing. This has to be their Super Bowl tonight because you know how many things are on the line tonight? The future of Jalen Hurts. How the league will see Nick Sirianni moving forward. You know what they look at Nick Sirianni and do in the lamestream medium? They laugh at him for his stupid press conferences and T-shirts right now. Do you know that narrative changes tonight? If he beats or people will go like this if he has a great game plan like Belichick did? That narrative on Nick Sirianni leaves. Jonathan Gannon, Ross Tucker the other day came over and said to me on our show, he said it yesterday. This guy has a shot to be an NFL head coach. You don't think that's in the back of his mind if he schemes against Brady? People in the NFL will go like this. You see that defensive coordinator and what kind of game plan he did against Tom Brady? Folks, that's how you get jobs. That's how you get jobs like that. That's how you build legacies. You stop Brady. By the way, Bill Belichick's legacy was enhanced for the game that he called against Brady. Remember, doink off the left upright. Okay? It wasn't like Brady blew the Patriots out because they did not. Pats had a chance, and they had the ball last, with a chance to win the game. That's what you want tonight. You want a chance tonight with the ball in your hand. Who doesn't dream of that? I I love when I hear people going, man, it's like taking the last shot and the last jumper for an NBA championship or put on the 18th green or you score a goal on a breakaway to win the Stanley Cup. These are things that kids dream about and men dream about when they were young because now they're in a position to fulfill that dream that they had and all the years and everything that you put into it goes in 60 minutes of football tonight. People think it's about kissing and cheerleaders and cash and paychecks. Football is about the things you do to get to the point where you are right now and tonight. You have 60 minutes, nothing else matters. Your family, your health, the love of your life, all that's gone. I don't care about any of that. You've got 60 minutes to go out and do something that you've waited your whole fucking life for. That's sense of urgency. That's when you look your teammates in the face. And you come together and galvanize one another. That's how you build an identity. Coaches can't build identities, guys. Players do. You have that moment of silence before you run on the field with each other. 53 guys. Only you. Blind faith tonight you got to believe in every guy that's in your locker room you got to believe your coaches are going to put you in a position to win you have to have everything focused on winning a ball game tonight nothing else matters nothing i think the eagles are going to keep it close game. Okay, I do. I think the Bucks end up in the end winning. But I think it's like 30 27 30 26. Guys, thank you. You guys are awesome. Should be a phenomenal time tonight. Don't forget to our coverage here on Jacob Media on the post game show. We do a sensational job. Big Joe and Krausey Jr. do a spectacular job. This ought to be great. By the way, Gary Cobb's on with us tomorrow. He was kind enough to jump aboard with us. We're gonna do a, you know, post game stuff tomorrow with Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. So till tomorrow, four to six Eastern time. Have a great one. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Done.